This podcast is supported by Siemens, your partner for industrial-grade AI. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of our Industrial AI Podcast. My name is Robert Weber, and in this episode, we talk about Infineon and the company's AI strategy. Enjoy listening. Lamin, Lamin Ben Hamdane. You may want to repeat that. Was that was that correct? Pronouncing your name perfectly. So the first question must be: Where is that wonderful name from, Lamin? Oh, the, that's uh, that's a Tunisian name. Yeah, North Africa. That's where my father comes from. Okay, I wasn't far away. I thought it was somewhere northern Africa, maybe. Not bad. Okay, so we're talking artificial intelligence at your and around your company, Infineon. But maybe we start, um, that you tell us a little bit who you are, where you're from, how you came here at this beautiful spot in Munich. Yeah, so I, I basically was, was born and raised in Germany. Uh, I spent a large part of my, my career in, in Switzerland, but then uh, over time I migrated back to Munich, which is basically my hometown. And now I'm uh, with Infineon, a big semiconductor manufacturer, um, one of the, the biggest in Europe and, and one of the top 10 worldwide. And I'm focusing on connecting startups to Infineon in order to speed up innovation at Infineon and to create win-win situations for the startup and for Infineon. That's a very interesting concept. Maybe we stay with that just for the moment already. As we are in a similar environment here, I would say, in other you know, big players, Siemens and many startups, tell us a little bit more about that concept. Maybe I arrived from a time and that was Intel, another semiconductor manufacturing. And we're talking you know, many years back. And that concept at that time didn't exist. So tell a little bit about it. Why does a company like yours decide that, you know, I assume you do your own research you know, at a certain point, but you must decide that's your job, that you also want to play interchange with startups. How does that work? Where does that come from? So for us, we call it the venture supplier model. Yeah, so we support hardware startups with our products, with our technical expertise so startup get access to the newest products they get insights into the product roadmap because for us the, the the startup is a lead customer in new applications emerging applications where we want to build up an early understanding get early insights get product feedback for example service robotics um, wearables fast ev charging things like that yeah so there are many emerging applications where we work together with startups but startups are uh, in the value chain more our customers um, but we as a supplier want to gain early insights, knowledge, and also want to position Infineon products in those new applications. So that's uh, one of the major driving forces why we work with hardware startups. Very good. And what role does artificial intelligence play in that space? Maybe not in that specific place, I don't know you can say that, but in Infineon uh, as such, where, where do you apply, use, research uh, artificial intelligence? I mean, for us, AI plays a very big role and will play a bigger role in the future on both sides. So the obvious one is to use AI technology, AI solutions, I would say in general to optimize processes to make us work more efficient, to create more transparency and intelligence, be it in manufacturing or in other parts of the company, for example, forecasting of sales, uh, many different things that, that I think many other corporates are looking at. And then the other thing is, of course, uh, is to, to incorporate AI into our own products 
as, a, as an offering. Yeah? So we at the moment sell pure hardware products, but over time the business model will change and we will also sell services and software Uh, in particular, um, when we talk about Edge AI. Or models. Yeah, or models. Yeah. So there are different things uh, thinkable, and this is where we really uh, also focus. So basically on both sides. One question, Peter, to the startups. How difficult is it to find hardware startups? Because everything is focused on software startups, I think, in Germany or in Europe or in US market also to say, do something in software because it's easier to scale and it's you can earn much more money, you get more VC capital. Uh, so everybody's going into software. Yes, I would say, of course, yeah, your, your observation is right. Yeah? There are much more software startups than hardware startups. And I think hardware is hard, yeah? as, as the saying goes. Yeah? It's because you have to take care about some th such things as supply chain, manufacturing, uh, <laughs> all, all the logistics that maybe a software startup doesn't really take care. But yeah, I think that's, that's exactly, that, that's the challenge in the beginning. But I think once you get it right, um, as a hardware startup, you really have a defensible advantage yeah, because not so many companies maybe will enter the same space because they have to overcome those hurdles first. But yeah, I, I would love to see more hardware startups in, in, in Europe. But I would say for the moment, we don't have any lack of finding the right, the right hardware startups. And you supply these startups with technology and with also with AI technology. That's, that's the idea, isn't it? Yes, that's the idea in the future that we provide more and more AI technology, but generally we provide them with our newest products, be it in power electronics, microcontrollers, connectivity, hardware security. And then we want to explore with them new use cases, new applications, and also then promote them and us once we have, once they launch their product on the market. Tell us a bit more about your customers, so the markets that you are typically uh, working and providing your, your chips into. We are basically in all kinds of different verticals. So the most important one is automotive. We provide lots of electronics for cars, uh, everything from sensors, drivetrain, all kinds of functions uh, are enabled by our products. The other big uh, customer group is in industry in general. So when we talk about especially power electronics, uh, robotics, for example. And the third big area is consumer applications. And there you can, for example, mention the, the biggest platform is, of course, mobile devices. The most, uh, most in terms of numbers, yeah, we supply components for mobile phones. Microphones, for example, may with a high probability in your mobile phone come from, from, from Infineon. Let's come back to the AI part. Why you are shifting the, the business model from hardware a little bit to software platforming, AI platform? I think there is a trend in the market that the customer expects in general more complete solutions. It's not just feasible to provide them with a piece of, with the chip itself. In the moment, you would be very happy to have only yeah. the chip. <laughs> even, even that, yeah, at the moment would be fine. Yeah. Looking into the future, once this supply chain disruptions normalize, the customer expects more and more complete system solutions. And part of the system is the software and the ease of use connected with software. How easy is it to, to basically implement our products in the overall system? Uh, and, and software plays a big role there. You're going the same way as your competitors. NVIDIA, for example, also going. They're also selling software and hardware components. Yes, that's true. Yeah. 
Right, comparable yeah. from that perspective. Comparable, but, but you yeah. are not putting GPUs. No, no, no. but, but right, it's comparable. Yeah. But from the from the approach, yeah. Okay, having understood your your market segments, then let's look at maybe first what I would like to know is what you do with artificial intelligence in your manufacturing process, as far as you're aware of that, or typical use cases are, for example, quality control, image analytics is one typical area where we use AI because for us, quality of the products or quality is one of the main differentiators of Infinium products. Another is looking at the process data coming from equipment, coming from machines and predict where the maintenance is needed yeah, to keep up production uptime of the equipment. Also analytics, for example, when we see, okay, we have some failures uh, in the final test, how can we trace it back to the cause of this um, right. maybe one machine was, was maybe one machine bad was, uh, mm-hmm. was bad and that's why we have the problem in the end and we want to recognize this very early yeah? and then also we have lots of robotics driving through our factories autonomously also there they need some AI capabilities to navigate so it's, it's a very broad problem. Where do you manufacture if I may ask? I mean knowing that you're uh, you're based here in the, you know larger Munich so to say very close to where I live by the way but let's say the larger <laughs> Munich is that where you produce as well or where where are you um, production sites in munich we we don't have any production but um, in, in germany big sites are dresden regensburg warstein also in austria we have a big manufacturing site in villach and then we have but we have a global footprint yeah we have factories in asia malaysia for example in the u.s so it's a quite global footprint with this new business model to sell ai or to sell models you have to reorganize the teams or you have to invest in in people doing ai not the specialists for chips that you need to attract specialists for ai how difficult is it to find these people what i hear is it is difficult and and you are right on the one hand you have to hire people with with other capabilities software capabilities ai capabilities on one hand you're looking for hardware startups yes. and then you're looking for software guys <laughs> yes employees yeah internally so there are some organizational changes that come with it with a new business model in the end it has to be reflected in the organizational structure and and this process is not completed yet so we are not we have not finalized this transformation But we are working hard on it. I mean, it's one of our core development topics for the company. Do you have an idea what you can sell then? Um, industries we are in, for example, for industrial customers, they tend, for example, to be interested more in predictive maintenance. So if we deliver with our power modules that basically uh, manage the motors of those machine equipment, if we add on top some analytics capabilities to predict failure to predict lifetime that would be of interest for for these type of people and for the consumer space it may be other other things like for the consumer they they want to have for example active noise cancellation when we have when we talk about microphones so things like that but but it's very interesting because you mentioned motors you have a you have a lot of mid-sized companies produce these motors and are also doing predictive maintenance on their software so do they get a problem if now Infineon is also coming and say, oh, we can do the predictive maintenance on our chip. You don't need the whole software equipment from company ABCD. I think we can help them yeah, because we provide insights on our modules that we provide. And I think that is, is a valuable addition to their overall solution that then they offer on the complete system. Yeah. 
But it's a very good recognition. I was I was going to go in the same direction because I don't think that we have actually maybe talked at that level because typically we talk to you know machine manufacturers or we do talk everywhere. But I have the same notion that so you, so you are let's say a component deliver from from bottoms up, and if you provide the AI capabilities, then whoever is above them can say, well, maybe or maybe they're waiting for you, so they will have a strategic decision to say, are we going to do this themselves? Are ourselves for the next three years or you show them your roadmap and you say okay within one year we deliver you component xyz and they say okay because then they at that level don't need the people who are not available as long as you have them because then they can that's very interesting i haven't thought about it that much but I mean, we say that, for example, if you stay with this example of this industry where we provide power modules, we know those power modules in and out. We can predict the lifetime best because we have developed those products. So I think it's a valuable addition to them in their overall solution. I mean, that's... Sure, they only need to read the signal because yeah, your exactly. AI component knows better than any other one. So maybe a typical example that you can think of in, in the car area of a typical maybe AI use case. Are there certain things that you can talk about that maybe you are delivering or that you will be delivering soon? So what can the big car manufacturers expect or what are they already buying from you? I think AI is entering the space um, now in the automotive industry slowly. So what we are providing, on the one hand, of course, we are tr the, the traditional product offering that we have. So, for example, we provide now microcontrollers that have an AI accelerator. So we basically provide the compute platform for the for the car for certain applications. But then on top, we want to provide certain uh, software features, for example, to to realize virtual sensors, yeah, to to do some calculations and provide like you would have a real sensor in the car but in in reality it's the real sensor would be too expensive or not feasible at all so for example so so this type of real-time ai capabilities um is in our focus yeah um and there we want to do more offer tool chains offer parts of the software so that our customers can realize those things much more easily. Okay, are you supporting in any way kind of autonomous driving? Maybe not as the, the, the center, but maybe there is some kind of center edge-based, whoever that is, maybe the brands themselves, maybe third-party providers, but are they using maybe on the edges your technology in the same way that they just pick the signal and they know that there was AI coming from you, maybe helping the autonomous driving out? Yeah, we work closely together with, with companies like NVIDIA, like Qualcomm, also providing companion chips in, in many autonomous driving applications. So we are part of, of, of these overall architectures. Is that a thing that you are just allowed to do? You, you, you always need to be very careful, I believe not, is it? I mean, whenever I go to like an organization like ZVOE or VDMR, they say you, you can, your companies can sit together, but uh, you're, you're never allowed to make any deals kind of legally. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So don't, don't say anything that your lawyer is not going to allow you <laughs> to repeat. But, uh, but, it, but that's interesting, yeah, because each of you know what kind of maybe the part of the market that you are interested in right yeah in, in the end i mean the oem or the tier one in the automotive industry decides on the system architecture okay. but we are basically working with some proof of concepts reference designs that we provide so the, the tier one doesn't need to start from from scratch yeah. i think three or four episodes we talked about neuromorphic chips 
mm-hmm. chips similar to the to the human brain. Is it a topic you are looking at at Infineon, or is it no? We are not interested in stuff like that. No, we are we are definitely interested in these. I would say new new type of of technologies, and and we are looking at them. We are engaged in them. Of course, these technologies are in order to be introduced in the market are a bit further out. Yeah, but definitely Infineon is looking at it, and we are engaged in many research projects, uh, public funded projects, uh, for example, on EU level or on, um, to explore those technologies together with other consortium partners. And at the end, I want to know when is the supply chain chaos uh, at the end? Two years, three years, four years? Yeah. And we hold you responsible <laughs> by your answer. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I, I just wanted to reply. I'm not the one to ask this question uh, because I'm simply not working in the detail yeah. in, the, What in, feeling? In, in this area. I, I, I think um, there is, I think at Infineon also, there's sometimes a question mark yeah, how the situation globally, the global economy will impact our, our business situation situation in the short term yeah because uh, of supply chain disruptions inflation um, less consumer spending and so on but I, I, I think for example in the automotive industry we still see um, high, high demand and this is driven by trends like transition to EV charging transition to new technologies like silicon carbide and there so, so the demand is seems to be very high for the foreseeable future. But yeah, I can't give you a definite answer. To, he doesn't want to tell us anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I'm going to ask you my final question about the future as well. Knowing how difficult it is to predict the future. Uh, as I told you, I worked for Intel, so more and more slow. How, how do you see that moving? But more in relation with where do you see yourself as a company? As you said, one of the biggest, one of the bigger top 10 you said. So how is the European you know, chip manufacturing market and how is that being brought together by, I think, our commissioner from ex-ADOS who wants us in Europe to do certain things, which maybe you may not know in detail as well. But where, where do you see you and, and, and the European share of the global chip market? You mentioned Dresden, for example. We are investing a lot in the European footprint and the manufacturing footprint. For example, in Villach, uh, we, we recently opened a, a new fab for power semiconductors. It's a high-tech factory, I think. High-tech it's a factory. A uh, awards-winning yeah. factory. Yes, yeah. yes. So we are believing a lot uh, in, in Europe um, and especially the products that we manufacture. Uh, there, the customers are in Europe Yeah, so it's not like in the, for example, the consumer space where maybe the biggest ones are in Asia, but many of the products that we produce, the biggest customers, for example, automotive, um, are in, in Europe. So for us, Europe is very important. And, and of course, we welcome those initiatives yeah, that are taken by the European Union. Perfect. Great. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a great time. Thanks. Bye-bye.